So it is December 3rd today, isn't it? And that means for many people, their focus is going to be on shopping for gifts and decorating the tree and, and you know, prepping for meals and probably hoping for a white Christmas. And they do all those things with the idea that hopefully it will help them enjoy what many refer to as the most wonderful time of the year. But we know better than that, right? We know that Christmas is so much more than those, those things, as fun as they are. It's so much more. Christmas is about God's love for this world in Jesus, a love that comes right from his heart. And what's really cool is that because of his love, we are empowered to love those around us, our family members, our neighbors, people in need, everyone. And so today we're starting a, a short you know, couple of weeks series where we are going to look at how to reflect the heart of God's love in the midst of all of that hustle and bustle and hopefully learn some ways to align our hearts with God's heart. And so today what we're going to do is we're going to start by looking at how we can reflect the heart of God's love to our immediate family. And the reason why we're starting there is because during this time of the year, you tend to spend time, a lot of time in some cases, with those very people. And maybe you also get to enjoy some time with your extended family as well. And that can be fun. I mean, I, I, I don't know about you, but I have some very fond memories of my family and extended family and Christmases when I was growing up. For example, here's a picture of uh, me and my brother and, and my uh, sister. I'm the really cool kid on the right, just so you know. That's my younger brother, Paul, on the left, my older sister, Ruth, in the back. And uh, I know she's smiling, but I think she, deep down she's jealous of those really groovy sport coats that my brother and I wear. <laughs> what was my mom thinking? So, so, but yeah, we're having a good time, right? Here's another picture. This is uh, a few years later. Uh, that's my mom and my dad. And this is at the parsonage in Parma uh, when my dad was pastor at Bethany. And this was Christmas Day dinner. So my brother and my sister are on the right. I'm in the middle there. My dad's mom, uh, uh, my grandmother is in the back. And, and, you know, it was interesting. As I was looking through these different pictures, you know, I'm trying to find some, some pictures for you to enjoy. You probably learned a lot more about me than you ever needed to know. But what, what, what I found was that everybody, in all of the pictures, everybody seemed to be having a good time, right? I, I, you know, somehow the fight over who got to open the very first Christmas present or, you know, who, got, who was arguing over, you know, who got to play with what toy or who may or may not have gotten into trouble for putting his younger brother in a headlock, you know, those things that make the family photo, right? They just don't. You don't see pictures like that. And even though we know you know, that behind the scenes stuff is going on, we're very quick to say, no, no, everything's good. And yet I think we also know that during the holidays with our immediate family, sometimes it isn't always good. And maybe for some of you, it may have been rarely good. Rarely did things turn out the way you had hoped. And, and yet still, in spite of those issues, God calls you and me and all Christians to reflect the heart of his love to everyone. And, and, and so today, again, we're going to look at how you do that with your immediate family. Next Sunday, Pastor Mark's going to be here, and he's going to talk about how you can do that with your neighbors, people on the way. And then the third week, I'll be back, and I'm going to talk about how you do that with people who are in need, people who are out of the way, or maybe sometimes in the way but sometimes also out of sight, out of mind. Today, though, we're going to look at how we can reflect God's heart of love 
to our family members. And, 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 and this is something that God takes uh, very seriously. Uh, look at this. In 1 Timothy 5, it says, if anyone does not provide for his relatives, especially for his immediate family, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. You know, so yikes, right? Oh my goodness. But the point here is that before you can possibly begin to live, uh, love anyone else, you need to first learn how to be able to love your family, your immediate family. So for all of you here, for all of you watching online right now, my goal is to help you in some very practical, tangible ways to do just that. Ways that will allow you, I believe, to show love to your family right from the heart. The first thing you can do is pray for your family. Pray for, if you want a simple and yet very powerful and profound way to show your family love, pray for them. Seriously, things can happen. Things can change when you pray for the different members of your family. If you pray for them, if you pray for them. And I say that because there are times when even though God wants to bless us, we don't ask for those blessings. Look at this, in James 4, verse 2, it says, you want something, but don't get it. You do not have because you do not ask God. Maybe think about it this way. Maybe think about three huge buckets, and in those three buckets are everything that God does, right? So in this one bucket is everything that God will do, everything that he will do. Whether you pray and ask God to do it or not, it doesn't matter. He's going to do it anyway. And the second bucket is the stuff that God won't do. So even if you do pray, and you pray for weeks on end, hour after hour, it doesn't matter. God can see and has perspective that we don't. He can see into the future. He knows what's best. He's, gonna, he's just not going to do it. In this third bucket, though, are all the things that God wants to do and will do if you ask. If you ask. In other words... While it is true that there are many things that God does do in answer to the prayers of his people, there are also many other things that God doesn't do because nobody asked. Look at this in, in, in Ezekiel 22. God says, I looked for someone among them who would stand before me in the gap on behalf of the land so I would not have to destroy it. But I found none. That is so sad. God is telling his people that because of their rebellion and their sin, he has to judge them. But at the same time, he's also telling them that he's looking for someone, anyone, just one person who would, as it says, stand in the gap and ask him for mercy. But no one asked. He says, I found none. So for those of you who would love to, this Christmas, show your family love right from the heart. And when it comes to prayer, you know, to do it that way, let me offer you this challenge, okay? Here's a practical thing. Ask God to bless your family daily. Every day, ask God to bless each and every member of your immediate family. And if you want to extend family to your, you know, your extended family, that's fine too. But go ahead and do it. Now, please realize that just because you are praying for your immediate family, it doesn't mean that God's always going to say yes to those prayers because remember, we've got those three buckets. But don't forget this third bucket, right, where God is waiting for you to ask. I don't know about you, but I don't want to come to the end of my life and realize that there were blessings that God wanted to pour out upon my family, and he didn't because I didn't ask him. My wife Carla and I, we have three wonderful grown children, Timothy, Stephen, and Hannah. And for years, every night, we pray for them. And one of the prayers is that God would bless them with a godly spouse. 
Our oldest son, Timothy, uh, has been blessed with a beautiful young woman named Jordan who knows and loves Jesus, knows and loves Jesus. And, and so God answered that prayer and we thank God. Now we pray that God will bless their marriage and keep it healthy and strong. But for Stephen and Hannah, they aren't married yet. So Carla and I continue to pray every night that God would bless them with a godly spouse. And we do that because we don't want our children to end up with anything less than God's very best, which is, I'm sure, the same for all of you. So my challenge for you for this Christmas and for all year round is to pray for your family. Ask God to bless them. Because here's, here's the thing. When you go to your job, you do the work. But when you pray, God does the work, right? God does the work. So ask him to do the blessing. Paul says this in Philippians 1 verse 3. I thank my God every time I remember you. Can you say that about your family? That you thank God every time you think about them? And then he goes on, he says, in all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy. Paul is able to do that because he knows that the people that God has placed in his life are a blessing from him. So with that same gratitude and joy, ask God to bless your family. It is a powerful way for you to show your family love right from the heart. Second thing you can do is keep in touch with your family. True godly love that can build and develop within each and every member of your family happens when you grow in your understanding and knowledge of one another, right? Obviously, that's not gonna happen if you don't spend time together, if you don't keep in touch with one another. Paul, in Philippians 1, and this is a little bit later, verse nine, he goes on and he says this, I pray that your love will overflow more and more and that you will keep on growing in knowledge and understanding. And what Paul is saying is as you grow in your knowledge and understanding in God's word, as you are grounded in God's word, right, it will not only help you to grow in your love for God, but also for other people, including your family. And I would argue that your love for your immediate family deepens, okay? It, it grows stronger when you spend time together. My mom and dad are now gone, but while they were here on this earth, they invested time into my, me and my sister and my brother. And that impacted us. And to this day, I, I want to do the same thing. I mean, I, I just, you know, I, I can recall how my, uh, if, you know, I do that with my kids, but I can remember with my dad in particular, you know, playing ping pong in the basement, um, you know, learning how to fish with my dad. Uh, going out and playing football. I love playing catch with my dad in football. My dad, it, it, it was it's funny. My, my dad would see a cute girl walking down the sidewalk. I'd be over here, he'd throw the ball right at her. So I'd have to run over and catch it in front of her. I'm like, you dickens. That, what's, it was, all, it was pretty awesome. I gotta tell you, it was pretty awesome. <laughs> but my dad, like I know the other dads was a busy guy. Right? He, but he, he had a plan. He made a way to spend time with, and along with my mom, to, to spend time with my brother and me and my sister. And, and, and like I said, I, that was contagious. I, I, I saw that. I caught that. I wanted to do the same thing with my three kids, even when they were younger and now even as they were adults, and, and now my two granddaughters. So, so here's my challenge, my second challenge for you, for you to show your family love right from the heart, okay, to keep in touch with them. Here's the second challenge. Create a plan, right? Create a plan. Be intentional and create a plan 
to spend time with them and to keep in touch with them. Because we're all busy, and I get that. We're all busy. But if you don't create a plan, it might not happen. And I don't think you want that. So create a plan. All right, third way for you to show your family love right from the heart is to honor your parents. You know, my parents are gone, but maybe your parents are still with you. So, you know, honor your parents. And I bring this up because while you may be very good at showing up for church and saying prayers and reading the Bible and giving offerings, you might be dropping the ball when it comes to honoring your parents. And that's a big deal because not only is it a commandment, but here's the thing. It's also a commandment with the promise a promise of a blessing. Listen to what Paul says here in Ephesians 6. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Here it is. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on the earth. Now, I'll tell you that as a recipient of my children, when they honor me as the receiver, that is an incredible blessing. Absolutely. But that verse is talking about those who give the honor Give the honor to their parents. And what that means is while you don't see them as perfect, because they're not, you do see your parents as, you, you see them as, as highly valuable people that God has placed into your life. And, and I realize that, you know, regardless of what, so regardless of whether they may have done something or may not have done something in your life as you were growing up, and we'll talk about that in a moment, God says that when you value and honor your parents, he, can, he will use them either directly or indirectly to bless you. And that's pretty cool. So here's a third challenge. When it comes to honoring your parents, think of practical ways to honor them. Think of practical ways. And maybe a good way to start would be to do those two things that we already talked about. Pray for them and keep in touch with them. So I don't know, maybe on your way home today, you call up your mom and your dad and say, hey, mom and dad, how can I pray for you? And then <laughs> pray for them, right? You want to do that. And then call them up, keep in touch. Maybe a couple days later, see how God may have been answering that prayer or be, be, maybe is working in their lives. Here's a third way that you can honor your, your parents. Ask for their input. And by that, I, I'm not talking about this, where you've already decided something and then you call them up just to get them to agree with you. That's not, that's not the same thing. I'm saying when, before you make the decision, you ask for their opinion, you ask for their advice, you ask for their prayers, right? You do that because remember, God has put them in, in a very special place in your life. And, and a great way to honor that gift of your parents a great way to honor your parents is to genuinely recognize what they think might be best for you. Now, obviously, your parents, as well as other members of your family, don't always act honorably. So, okay, what do you do when you are hurt by them or let down? Well, that leads me to the fourth way by which you can show your family love right from the heart, and it's you forgive your family. And this is critical Okay, this is critical because no matter how hard they may try, your parents and your other members of your family are gonna let you down, they will. So if you want a healthy, meaningful relationship with your parents and other members of your family the way God intended, you gotta be willing to forgive them. Colossians 3 says, bear with each other and forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. Some of you have endured the divorce of your parents. 
Some of you have suffered physical or even emotional abuse from a family member. And that's horrible. But that begs the question, how do you forgive someone that you love, but who's also hurt you like that? For that matter, how do you forgive anybody who has hurt and wounded you? Look back again at this verse from Colossians 3, because there you'll see that the power to forgive is found in recognizing how much God has already forgiven you in Jesus. Honestly, no matter what you may have had to endure because of what somebody else may have said or done, it is nothing compared to what Jesus endured for you for your sin. Think about it. Jesus left the glory and the majesty of his heavenly throne. He left that to come to the creator, came to this earth and became a a human being. He allowed himself to be confined in a human baby that was placed in, in a feeding trough of all things, a manger, and he did it for you. And then Jesus grew up in a sin-broken world where he experienced things like thirst and hunger and sorrow and then ultimately intense suffering, pain, and death for you. Jesus carried the full weight of the punishment that you deserve for your sins and he allowed himself to, be, to endure the separation, his separation from God, his heavenly father, for you. Jesus did all of that because of the enormity of his love for you so that you could be forgiven and saved. And that is a mind-boggling gift. But here's where I'm going with this. As you live each day in God's grace and love, it empowers you to want to forgive others, including your family members. Jesus teaches us in the Lord's Prayer. In Matthew 6, he says, forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. The takeaway from that is that forgiven people forgive. Forgiven people forgive. Jesus goes on a few verses later. He says, if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. If you can't forgive somebody who has hurt and wounded you, then it's probably a good bet that you haven't fully received or understood or recognized the enormity of God's forgiveness for you in Jesus. Because remember, forgiven people forgive. So to help you show love this Christmas to your family right from the heart by forgiving them, here is a fourth challenge. Read Isaiah 53, which refers to Jesus as you know, the coming Messiah as one who's uh, smitten, stricken, smitten, and afflicted for your forgiveness. And then read the story of the unmerciful servant in Matthew 18. This servant has this huge, ginormous debt. The master forgives him. That same servant goes, sees a guy who owes him 100 bucks in loose change and refuses to forgive him. It's a great story, powerful story. Read those two passages of scripture and then ask God to help you forgive. Okay, in response to God who's already forgiven you and who continues to forgive you again and again in Jesus, forgive your family. It is a powerful, powerful way to show your family love right from the heart. Once you do that, okay, then you are free to, fifth, express love to your family. And when I say that, I'm talking about a love that is tangibly demonstrated in how you serve your family. And and that doesn't come naturally for us. So how do you get to that point where you want to serve without expecting anything in return? I think part of that is found in understanding and trusting in Jesus' promise here in Luke 6. He says, give, and it will be given 
to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. So when you serve and when you give to your family, and when you do it freely, lovingly, willingly, God blesses that. A good measure, pressed down, you know, with such abundance, it's spilling all over the place. And so here's a fifth challenge for you. When it comes to showing your family love right from the heart, here's the fifth challenge. Look for ways to help your family. And this could be anything, right? Maybe it's a situation where before you used to drag your feet because it would cost you time and energy. You got to get up off the couch and walk across the room into the kitchen to do the dishes, But now it's different because now you know God's love for you. You know how God served you in Jesus. And you want to love God back because of that. You want to serve God by serving others, right? And you also trust in his promise that he's going to bless you with more than you can possibly give away. But there's right there, that's the impetus, right? That's the motivator. God's love, God's willingness to serve you first. 1 John 4, 19 says, we love because God first loved us. God has already revealed the, to the greatest expression of love to this planet. He allowed his son Jesus to be born in a stable so that he could then die on a cross. Because of Jesus, everyone, everywhere can experience and enjoy God's grace and forgiveness. Because of Jesus, God doesn't give us what we deserve, punishment for all the things that we've done wrong. He gives us grace and eternal life. That's why the angel announced to Joseph before Jesus was born here in Matthew 1, he says, you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sin. That's good news. And and the good news is that when you believe and trust that Jesus was born for you, that he lived and died and rose again for you, you too can have your guilt washed away. You too can be part of God's family. It doesn't matter what kind of family you were raised in. You can be part of God's family right now, and it never ends. It goes on forever. And that's available. It's amazing. But it's all because of God's love for you, a love that comes right from the heart. Christmas is three weeks away. But you can get a jump on it this year, and I'm serious here. You can get a jump on it by showing, reflecting God's love to others. And we look today at some powerful, tangible ways to do that with your immediate family, right? And next week, we'll look at how you can do that with your neighbors, those who are on the way. And then the third week, those who are uh, in need, people who are out of the way, sometimes out of sight, out of mind. But let me just close by giving you a couple of next steps. First, Thank God that you are part of his family. Regardless of what family you grew up here on this earth, you, by the waters of baptism and through faith in Christ, you are part of God's family. And that is an incredible gift. Give thanks for that. Second, use the five ways of expressing a heart of love to your family. Pray for them. Keep in touch with them. Honor them, especially if your parents are still with you. Forgive them and then express love to them. And then third, ask God to help implement those five challenges that we talked about today. Ask God to help you look for opportunities in a tangible way to reflect the heart of God's love to those people in your sphere of influence. All right, let's pray about that. God, we are so grateful for your goodness and love and that you stepped out first, you took the first move, and you gave us everything, everything we need in the greatest gift this world has ever known, and that's your son, Jesus.
Father, in light of what we just talked about today, help us to show our family members, our immediate family, love, a love that's right from the heart. And then help us to make that our gift, not just this Christmas season, but all year round. Bless this series, Father, and bless us through it. We love you. We pray all this in Jesus' great name. And all God's people said, amen. Thanks for taking the time to learn a little bit more about Royal Redeemer. We want you to be a part of our Royal Redeemer family here. May God richly bless you and guide you. And I truly look forward to seeing you soon.